that now with Conga, but he's touched many products you've probably used, including DocuSign, along with many others. Conga doing very well, over 9,000 paying customers, hundreds of thousands of seats, healthy gross margin in the 85 to 87% range. If you're listening right now, wondering if Conga's for you, a team of 10 can go get started for them at just 200 bucks a month for those 10 seats. They are majority owned by Insight Venture Partners and 20, uh, back many years ago, and they put 70 million in, in to do that. That is when uh, Matt came into the company. They got another very strategic investment by, from Salesforce in May 2017 of 7 million bucks between 200 and 250 and 500 people. Again, trying to help you manage data, documents, contracts, and reports. Matt. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Matt Schultz. He is the he's an experienced senior executive with a proven track record of building successful high growth technology and cloud companies ranging from the private startup stage to public companies. He's responsible for setting his current company, Conga, and its growth strategy, which includes financing and driving global sales and expanding product offerings. His extensive executive management and leadership experience in driving strong company growth has resulted in several Inc. 500, Fast 50, and Top 100 Places to Work awards. Past CEO successes include Insightful Incorporation, Courtlink, DocuSign, Tier 3, and Blue Box Group. He has received several industry accolades in recognition of his past successes and is considered an expert on software, technology, and cloud business practices. Matt, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure am, Nathan. Thanks for that intro. Am I hired? Was that a good bio or what? Uh, yeah, that, that sounded great. I, I think we've, we've got, I've got a lot to live up to on this podcast. All right. So we're going to focus today, obviously on Conga, but, uh, I have to ask quickly kind of about your background. So for example, at DocuSign, were you leading the company there and what years were you doing that? Yeah. Uh, it was the first professional CEO hired by the board and the founder, Tom Gonzer, uh, came in January of 2007. Uh, and stayed for a little over four years building that company together with the senior management team. And now have you followed that same pattern here at Conga? In other words, were you placed here by one of the rounds of, fun, you know, you were an EIR at one of these VC firms, they placed you and you've grown it, or were you one of the early founders? You're correct. The first go around is that um, I am recruited by the board and the founders. Um, I haven't done... Um, uh, a founding of a startup and, you know, kind of the, the 10 guys in a garage or four people in a garage sort of startup. Um, but when a company is then looking to scale, 
that's when I get involved. And so what is this? This is very kind of an interesting story, right? Because every startup and every founder, the biggest fear they have when they start really raising VC money is, oh my gosh, if I start to have poor performance one day, is the board or the advisor going to try and replace me? And so you have kind of a interesting perspective. You're not necessarily joining companies when they're struggling, but you are kind of an external force that the founders and the board have to agree on to bring in. And that's a model you've obviously done, uh, you know, really well with. You've done it at major companies. So how, what would be your advice to kind of first time founders listening to the show right now who have raised 20, 30 million dollars and are considering a CEO, bringing in an external CEO? Well, it's a really, really good question, Nathan. Um, I've been blessed to work with some amazing founders um, and they've all been ready for what I call the one-two punch, which is um, basically a lot of technology founders I've worked with who are really great with product and technology, but have never built a startup, let alone scaled a startup. Uh, as a CEO, and they're looking for help. And so the, the, the one-two punch is you've got a great founder, really in-depth knowledge of the, the marketplace and the technology, and then you bring in a compatible business-oriented CEO that's got a lot of execution experience. And for example, I mentioned Tom Gonzer, the founder of DocuSign. He and I partnered together and, you know, the rest is sort of well chronicled. It's been just an amazing ride with the company. Uh, you know, I could name, you know, Jesse Proudman. We did the same thing together. It's a brilliant technologist here in Seattle with the Blue Box Group. Um, and, you know, the, the list goes on. So you're right. In some, in some founders, it's their biggest fear. And some founders, it's their biggest relief is they've got a partner <laughs> to, to, to help build the business. And so, you know, it's been a unique marriage. And, you know, um, I, I've just been very blessed to have just, a, a, like I said, a tremendous uh, experience working with these amazing founders. So the company was founded at Conga in 2006. You joined, I believe, in 2015. Help us understand what the company mm -hmm. does and what's your revenue model. How do you make money? Yeah, so we're, uh, bottom line is we're one of the top five global ISVs in the Salesforce network. So What's ISV stand for, Matt? The independent software vendor. So we're one of the top software partners in the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, and, uh, you know, out of the thousands of partners, we're, we're one of the top five global, global partners. And um, what we specialize in is, is around uh, data and electronic documents and contracts. So, you know, our tagline is data, documents, contracts. <laughs> so we take live Salesforce data, we turn it into uh, dynamic documents and automate that entire process all the way through contracts, intelligent contract management. Mm -hmm. So what I just said is a big business. It's not something you do directly on the Salesforce platform. You need Salesforce plus Conga to make it happen, and that and that's what we do. And revenue model? I mean, it's pure SaaS play. Pure SaaS play, uh, subscription based. Um, so you know we've got to be not only good, we have to be excellent for customers to uh, keep renewing, uh, of which our renewal rates are astronomically high. So what is astronomically high on an annual basis? Well, you know, there's two ways to measure sort of renewal rates. One is, you know, how many companies um, or customers are renewing as a percentage, and then 
there's also a dollar measure. What um, you know, what what sort of do dollar amounts are being renewed, and is that growing? And um, you know, we don't we're a private company, so we don't release those numbers. But um, it's fair to say we actually have negative churn. So our, our base on a, is on a revenue on a revenue basis, not logo churn. Yes. Yeah, considerably higher than than our our base just continues to grow and grow and grow every year. So they just keep consuming more and more and more of uh, what we what we supply. When you say astronomically high, though, don't talk about your own numbers, but give us a benchmark in the industry. So is twenty percent year over year ACB yeah, expansion so like average, and you're way higher than that, or like what's really high? Yeah, typical typical SaaS uh, churn numbers on a logo basis, on number of companies basis, especially if you service the mid market, which we have a mix of mid market and enterprise customers. You know, renewal rates around eighty percent um, are you know industry doing 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 very well. Ours is you know very very much higher than that, and um, and on a dollar basis, if you can crack a hundred percent. You know that's that's doing really really well uh, as an industry benchmark, and we're substantially higher than that. Well, so, when you say crack 100, percent do you mean if someone's paying you 100 bucks in year one, they're going up to 200 in year two, or you're saying if you can just get some expansion revenue from 100 in year one to 105 bucks in year two, that's good? Yeah. So if if, if you lose one customer that's ten dollars a month, then you you and a, another customer increases their subscription by ten dollars a month. You've, you've, you've stayed at 100%. Got it. So on a dollar basis, right? Got it. You've had churn from a logo basis, but most SaaS companies measure both. They measure churn from a logo basis, and they measure it from a dollar basis. And yep. on both counts, you look at sort of industry standards, and then you look at how you're doing compared to industry standards. You know, like a lot, a lot, you know, a lot of the CEOs I've had on, Chris Golick just came on from, from DemandBase. You know, a lot of these guys have reached, you know, you know, 108, 109, sometimes even 110% uh, kind of revenue expansion, or it's really net negative revenue churn year over year. So you guys are obviously definitely in that realm as well considerably above that yeah, yeah great okay cool and then you mentioned kind of mid-market and you said you touch enterprise this is very different depending on who you talk to they define these categories very differently and the most effective way i found to define mm -hmm. them is talk mm -hmm. about like acvs so are like the sales people paying you directly or are companies paying you for a number of seats and if so on average what are they paying annually yeah so our customers pay us directly for a number of seats um, and we have a suite of products. So we have uh, products, again, from, you know, data management through document generation through full contract management, all around electronic documents. And depending on the type of seat, you know, our pricing model, because it's a suite of products, is fairly complicated. But it's easy, easy enough to say that it's a subscription-based uh, per-seat model, uh, and customers contract that and pay us directly. Uh, for the amount that they use. So they can start small, they can start with one product, then they can grow into multiple products with larger number of seats. The way we define the market, Nathan, is really, we do it very simply. We, we just follow the Salesforce paradigm since we're one of their top global partners. So in the Salesforce paradigm, they they say any any company below five thousand. That's the that's the threshold. So if for mid market, above yeah, five thousand employees above, and and they keep moving this bar up over time. But uh, five thousand 
employees above is enterprise and 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 the rest is is mid market to smb so and do you see kind of the pareto principle on your end an 80 20 split 80 percent mid 20 percent enterprise um our split is a, um, very similar actually to salesforce which is about um, two-thirds mid-market and department level enterprise and then one-third true kind of enterprise uh, customer base. Okay. And then look, I want you to get customers from the show. You know, many millions of people listen. So one of the things that people always go is Nathan, you have to give us some sense of what we'd pay if we go to getconga.com right now and try and sign up. So let me give oh, you yeah. a, let me give you an average. So my average listener, let's say they have, they have 10 seats and they want kind of your middle of the road product. What are they going to pay? Yeah. So our, um, very affordable, um, you know, our, our document generation product they can get going with for, you know, uh, a minimum subscription of two, $200 a month. Um, for 10 seats them, or per seat? You know, which gives them 10 seats. Okay. And, um, you know, as, as again, it's a, uh, a subscription. So as they use more, they can buy more. Um, if they decide they don't, you know, they don't like the product, they can stop subscribing as well. So it's a pretty low risk threshold to get going with our products and, We've had lots of customers who subscribe just as you as you described and and do a bunch of pilot projects across the company and then wind up you know increasing their subscriptions over time mm-hmm. um, is the Salesforce app exchange kind of the number one way you've grown your customer count and and if not or if it's not, what is the top one and if it is, what's your second most effective way for customer acquisition yeah I, uh, the Salesforce App Exchange, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in general has been um, our number one um, customer acquisition vehicle. But it's it's um, that's free, right? By the way, it doesn't cost you anything, does it? Um, you know, we we contribute to the um, uh, a percentage of revenue to be an active member, uh, a very active member in the global ecosystem. Oh, is that like Apple? So it's like 30%? We, um, you know, we, uh, sorry, you know, Salesforce doesn't release those numbers and neither do we, but, wow. um, you know, on a percentage basis, um, you know, the top partners and all the partners in the ecosystem contribute and fund what is the largest SaaS uh, marketplace in the world. So, you know, we're happy to do that. We drive a lot of business from that, but that's not our sole source of new customer acquisition. It's, it's a leading source, but we have, we have quite a diverse set of customer acquisition programs and results. What is the, this is going to be kind of an interesting question. Uh, what, what's the weirdest thing you've done to acquire customers? Something kind of off the beaten path. Many people wouldn't think of. Um, it's probably referrals. No, um, come on. That's have, a, Matt, that's an easy one. Everyone thinks about that. Give me like a weird one. Something really off the, like really weird you've done. <laughs> well, I was going to say, does a referral at a cocktail party even count? You no, know, that's I, too I, normal. I, I, no? That's too normal. Plus, everyone's okay. jealous. You know, well, everyone's secretly jealous of you. I don't know if you know this because the document signing space has an, a very natural affinity to a viral coefficient, right? When you send someone a contract, absolutely. right, you get one absolutely. user turns to two pretty predictably. So everyone's envious of mm-hmm. your experience at DocuSign, and you probably see that at Conga. So, so that happens naturally for you. But have you done anything really kind of awkward, uh, you know, stickers or sent chickens to a customer to get their attention or weird stuff? 
<laughs> I'm sure we have. Maybe they don't bring it up to the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know about it. <laughs> like, I don't want to know. Okay, you know, all right. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure we're pretty boring. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you know, we're, we're kind of a meat and potatoes. If you survey, we've surveyed our customers. 80% of our customers say our apps at Conga are mission critical to their business. Right. So, you know, getting documents created, electronic documents created with live data, getting them out in customers' hands, getting them agreed to, getting them round trip, um, managing them once they're put into contracts. It it's it's um it's mission critical, um, but it's not, you know, it's not a super sexy um, thing on, on an interview. Like, I can't say we're, you know, we're we're uh, doing something at a consumer level. You're not Richard more. Branson jumping out of planes to sell his new phone, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I'm, right. not, you know, I'm not up on stage in a black turtleneck, yeah. you know, smashing, smashing the competitor's device on the ground. So um, we're just in the back room making really great apps that have tremendous ROI. And customers. how many customers, Matthew, today are you serving? Uh, we have over 9,000 customers. Okay. Uh, Those are paying, and right? And over 140 customers. Yeah, paying in over 140 countries. And are those businesses or seats on the businesses? Uh, those are those are individual businesses, customers. Yeah. Got it. So we, when you look at your total influence, then you can multiply that out to get seats, right? Yeah, it's hundreds of thousands of, of users. So, That's great. Um, yeah, we're we're. Yeah, we're, we're and we're growing very quickly. So, um, what's very know, quickly in your fastest, world? We've been told we're the fastest growing partner in the entire Salesforce ecosystem of what five thousand companies or something. So, what is fast growth as you define it? You've been around the block. You know what fast growth is. What um, is fast growth in terms of revenue? Yeah, and, and fast growth in a recurring revenue business is always harder, right, Nathan? Yep. So, you know, you don't grow in big lumps. You grow month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year. We grew on a sales basis uh, 200% last year, and we'll do another 100% this year. So for a company of our size with a global footprint, that's fast for any SaaS company benchmark. Uh, and I'm just going to make this up, but if, if last year you did 50 million and you're going to grow a hundred percent, you're going to grow to a hundred million, uh, like up to, to 75 million this year. That's what you mean? Yeah. Okay. So to, in other words, sometimes people get two X and 200% confused in my audience. So I just want to make sure I understand 200% growth for you is doubling, correct? No. So I, what I said earlier is on a sales basis, we grew, we grew our bookings 200% as, as customers deploy you know, it's a recurring revenue business, right? Yep. So your 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 number one growth metric is how fast are you growing bookings or sales, right? How how, how fast are you growing That's the right. actual business as it comes online? And um, you know, in our in our nomenclature, one hundred percent is doubling the business. Oh, got it. Two x that. So we last year grew our sales. 200%. This year, we're going to double it again by growing 100%. Got it. So I could, that's equivalent to essentially 4X and 2X. Yep. Got yep. it. And then we talk about that. We don't talk about recognized revenue because we're, you know, we're a private. What's, what's the difference between the two? Well, it's like I say, customers come online over time and they ramp their usage over time up to that a contract that they've, um, you know, that, that they've, um, that our sales 
department has agreed to with the customer. So it, over time, it, it, it eventually one in the same. But in a recurring revenue business, it takes you know it takes some time to deploy and some time to get up to full seat capacity. Do you have any weird above the line costs because of the security stuff you have to watch out for? Or do you see typical gross margins just like any other SaaS company in the 85 to 87% range? Yeah, we're in the very typical range, very competitive on gross margin. Okay. And then uh, talk to me in terms of uh, funding. Obviously, the company has raised uh, money. How much have you raised? Um, so we're majority owned by Insight Venture Partners of New York. Mm -hmm. So they're the largest software investor in the U.S. Um, and so in uh, 2015, um, they acquired a majority share of Conga and uh, recruited me uh, to join as CEO. And I brought in a bunch of the team that we had worked together at DocuSign and two other companies. And um, and so we're very well funded by them. And um, and then in May, we announced a- public Of 2017? A, uh, correct, yeah. May of 2017, we announced we brought a strategic investor on board, which is Salesforce Ventures. Got it. And, and what did they invest? They invest $7 million in the company. Okay. So that deal in 2015 with, with Inside Venture Partners buying majority around, I believe, was around $70 million, And then you have another $7 million strategic Correct. from Salesforce. Is that accurate? That's, that's accurate. How do you evaluate acquisitions? Last few questions here before we wrap up. So you've acquired three companies, Action Grid, CRM Culture, mm -hmm. Novitas, at least publicly, that's what's stated. How do you decide what you go after? Wow, Nathan, that's a really great question. <laughs> yeah, give, yeah um, here's the challenge. Say that in a, in a sentence. <laughs> yeah, right, in, in a half a sentence. Um, well, the, the short answer is, you know, we look we look at hundreds of companies. Insight is a very active um, uh, company in terms of looking with us at different acquisitions, and we hand selected three. Um, so, I, you know, I think the the first filter is, you know, is it a great strategic fit uh, for Conga and the company that we're acquiring? And then second. You know, if if it passed that threshold, then the second is: is it a great people fit? Like, do we see? You know, is there is there compatibility among people and culture and goals? And um, and I'm happy to say, all three acquisitions have been very very successful. Uh, we're a much stronger company from it. Um, and what's um, your team you know, size today, by the way? Post all these acquisitions. Yeah, we're, we don't release exact numbers, but you know we're always put in that category of 250 to 500 employees, which is accurate. Oh, that's interesting. Why do you not release a specific number there? Is that a competitive advantage or something? Um, it, it's just a you know it's just a consistency among private you know private closely held companies. We don't we don't release exact you know revenue numbers and exact ploy headcount. Oh, interesting. Um, stuff like that. So. Okay. Well, and, yeah. and we're and we're frankly so <laughs> we're, we're frankly so successful right now. We're just really being targeted by a lot of bombarding employee rating and and all oh, I see. stuff. So so it's you know it's we're just we're we're, we're trying to be very open and honest with um, with everyone, but we're also trying to um, you know be particular about not saying too much. Totally, and, you want to stay efficient. Not opening up too much.
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had Infusionsoft on. I had Sumo Logic on, Demand Based, Snap Logic. All of those folks are in the 90 to $140 million AR rate. And they give me some interesting things that they look for in terms of looking at the public markets and if IPO makes sense. Now, you haven't disclosed revenue, mm -hmm. but I'm making some assumptions here that, that you know, you're getting into a healthy range of ARR. As you and your team and your board consider and look at IPO opportunities, how do you evaluate whether that's a good or bad way to raise capital to fuel future growth? Yeah, it's a complex question, um, you know, and, and I've been in this situation before. Um, what I know, what I know is, is not the answer is just to, to, to default one way or the other. Like, I think some people get intoxicated a little bit about IPOs. The and, ego. And, and the ego and, and, well, and then thinking that that's a finish line event. It's not a finish it's a, line it's event. It's a start. Because right? you act. <laughs> Yeah, as you accurate, accurately described in your question, which is I really like that, is you called it a funding event, not a finish line event. And um, and there are lots of ways to continue to finance the business. One is through cash flow. Another is through um, the existing investors from a private transaction standpoint. And, you know, a third could be a, a public offering. I, I tend to err on the side of looking at public offerings as – is that an efficient way to run capital, but is also a public brand super important to the company itself? Now, let me give you an example, Nathan. You, I'm not saying anything out of school because it's been all over the press lately that DocuSign's made an announcement that they intend to go public, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you think about their service, um, uh, I, I was, should probably say our service because I'm, I'm still on the advisory board and a shareholder and a big, huge fan of the company. Um, if you look at the service, it's a trusted service, right? You trust them to hold the signing process uh, for very important contracts and documents and sales agreements, right? Mm -hmm. That lends itself to, hey, I'm a public company. I'm under the scrutiny of all that. Um, it, it, it helps build that company brand and that trusted brand. And so I think for them, you know, and the scale they're at, it, it totally makes sense. I, I, I totally support that effort. Um, we go through a similar analysis with um, at the time when the time is right for Conga. Is it an efficient way to run capital? Is it good for our, our company brand? Is it good for our customers? Um, and and we take those factors in and we we we, we carefully um, analyze that and come up with the right solution. It's not ego. It's not um, it's not it's not uh, hype. It's you know really does it help the business? Does it help the customers? All right, guys, I talked about this earlier, but I schedule like so many meetings, it would blow your mind. I mean, all my podcast interviews, right? Hundreds of entrepreneurs I talk to monthly, I schedule and you know what? I do it so efficiently. I get them all to agree to my calendar. So all the calls are back to back to back. That means I'm not switching in between tasks all day long. I get them to batch so that I can be very efficient. It's so critical. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling to do this at NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule. It eliminates the back and forth between me and people I'm trying to meet with. It makes it very simple. And most importantly, they help me keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders. Helps you look very professional. So go to NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule to sign up. And you get a great deal. You know, you guys know this. I hit people hard. I make great deals. And Gavin, the CEO, has given us a great deal. If you sign up like normal people, okay, on their website, you only get a 14-day free trial. 
if you use my link, nathanmicah.com forward slash schedule, you get 45 days free. Okay, it's the best, it's free. Go to nathanmicah.com forward slash schedule right now to sign up and I'll see you there. All right, guys, let's wrap up here, Matt, with the famous five. These are one word answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book? You're probably going to roast me for this one. <laughs> because I'm, I'm Don't old make me old, do it. Old school. This is old school. The, the seven habits of highly effective people. It's just, just classic. Number two, is there a CEO you're following yeah. or studying right now? A, a lot of them. Um, I, I wouldn't say one in particular. And I wouldn't say anyone that is a household name. Yeah, g- give me one. G- give me an audience some fish food to go after. Uh, well, Dan Spurner, the DocuSign. All yeah. right. Number three, is there a uh, favorite, besides your own or anything in the document signing space, do you have a favorite online tool like Acuity Scheduling? Oh, man, I'm so boring. <laughs> 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 I mean, I've been asked this question before, and I answer really truthfully, and I get, you know. Give you me know, a truthful. People think it's like email. Okay. It's just email. G- just you use Gmail? I mean, I just... Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the most productive thing that I do, and I and I, I think I use it in a very productive way. Number so. number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, six to seven. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Oh yeah, I've been been married for twenty eight years, and uh, we're still crazy for each other. And two kids. One uh, recently graduated from college, and one who is entering his. Uh, senior year in college. Oh, congratulations. That's exciting. And uh, Matt, how old yeah. are you? Yeah. How old am I? Yep. Is that, you cut out for a second. Yeah, I'm 57. All right. Last question. Take us home here. Take us yeah. back 37 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? I, I think the biggest learning, and I'm, I'm going to go to business, uh, not personal, but the biggest business learning from 20 to 57 is I've always been a people person. I've always known that companies uh, only go as far as the people that you involve in it. I just wish I would have been more explicit and outgoing about that with our employees. My direct reports really understood that, but I just really wanted to to get it further into the culture and, and really communicate that well and let people know who I am and how much I appreciate them and how much I understand the SaaS business is not technology. It's people. It's people. And so I would have, I would have done more to really articulate that um, if I had to do it all over. Um, and I would say not 20, but 28. That's when I was <laughs> CEO of my first company, my first company at 28. So. There you guys have it from Matt now with Conga. But he's touched many products you've probably used, including DocuSign, along with many others. Conga doing very well, over 9,000 paying customers, hundreds of thousands of seats, healthy gross margin in the 85 to 87% range. If you're listening right now wondering if Conga's for you, a team of 10 can go get started for them at just 200 bucks a month for those 10 seats. They are majority owned by Insight Venture Partners and 20 uh, back many years ago when they put $70 million in, in to do that. That is when uh, Matt came into the company. They got another very strategic investment by, from Salesforce in May 2017 of $7 bucks Between 200 and, 250 and 500 people, again, trying to help you manage data, documents, contracts, and reports. Matt, thank you for taking us to the top. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. 